Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. If you'll turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2 is where we're at. Verse 2. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. And so Luke, being the historian that he is, he, he ties the narrative to a historical event so that we can pinpoint it in history. Kind of a beautiful thing that he does. And he does this throughout his gospel. He's constantly giving veracity to the timeline and to the events that are taking place by pinpointing historical rulers and, and things that are happening during the times that he's writing about. And so I think it's important. And that's, it's, a, it's a good thing that we have that. It helps us to, to kind of ground where our narrative is going. Verse 3, it says, and all, So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So Joseph, having been born in Bethlehem, having to go back to the city of his birth to be registered where his birth records were. And because Mary was betrothed to him, she has to go with him because they're legally married now because of the betrothal. So she would have to travel with him inconveniently. And I'm sure back in Nazareth, she had everything set up. You know how women are. It's getting ready to have the baby. They're nesting. They're cleaning. They're painting. They're arranging. They're setting up a crib. She's got the midwife ready to be called at any minute. The midwife's going to come over and and she's going to have the baby in the comfort of her home. And her mom's going to be there. Everything's going to be just right. Right? I mean, that's how it goes. I remember when my wife and I, we were getting ready to have our firstborn son, and, you know, as, as new parents, you're like, okay, everything has to be perfect, right? You have to set everything up. Everything has to be perfect. By the third or fourth child, just like, okay, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> but, but, but that first one's like, you're serious about it, you know? And we had a car, street, a car seat strapped in the back seat for a couple months before the baby was born. It was back there. We had a bag that had clothes for me, clothes for her, clothes for the baby, little diapers. Everything was all in there. It was all ready to go because we knew at any moment we're going to have to go to the hospital, which that day came. Now, luckily, we, we had somebody giving us an Audi, so we drove the Audi to the hospital rather than the donkey. We didn't have to go 108 miles through the wilderness, you know, to, to get to the hospital. But we did have the baby at Walter Knox Memorial Hospital, which is now Valor. And, and we tell people that, and they're like, are you kidding me? You had a baby at Walter Knox? Are you insane? You know, it's just funny. It's like we were like in the back you know, room of some, you know, abandoned warehouse or something like that. Like, that's what it, you didn't go to Boise. Are you kidding? That's crazy. Are you nuts? You know, it's like we had a birthing suite, you know, <laughs> it's like we weren't in a, in a barn, you know, I mean, come on. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it was sketchy, but it wasn't that bad, <laughs> you know, and, and he came out okay. And everything's, I mean, it worked out okay eventually, but you know, but I just think about this, and, and this, this had to be a pretty rough thing. 
I can't imagine what Jer Joseph and Mary must have been thinking, making this journey. And, and if that wasn't bad enough, verse 6, it says, So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, I, we think we read this every Christmas probably. We go through this passage and we think about it, but do we really think about the implications of all that's here? Do we think about what this would have been like? No room for them in the inn. Now, of course, this wasn't a Best Western that they're talking about. You weren't like a Hilton Hotel, you know, of Bethlehem or something like that. There probably is now, but in those days, it was it was a Cataluma. The word Cataluma means guest room, but it also it just means, actually, the word itself literally means to loosen, to loosen, to loosen your shoes, take them off, to loosen your belt. And in fact, the other place that we find this word cataluma used is when Jesus told his disciples, you'll find a guy carrying a water jug, follow him, and, and they'll take you to a large cataluma, and we'll have our supper there. We'll have our Passover supper there. And that was the large upper room. It was the room in Mary of Jerusalem's house. The large upper room was called, it was called a cataluma. It was a place where you go and you'd, you know, loosen your, your straps and loosen everything up so that you can eat a meal and you can relax and you can take a load off. And, and they did use these as kind of like a B&B &B type place. You could go there and, and they'd serve you and you'd sleep there and all that. But it's usually just a big room. It could have been that or it could have been their family's Cataluma because it was a spare room. And so if their family had a Cataluma, they went there, and the, all the family that was born in Bethlehem is now there, and they're all hanging out, and there's no room for you here. I don't know if it was their family turning them out or if it was an innkeeper who's saying, you know, you can't be here. But it, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a sad thing to think about getting all the way to Jerusalem or all the way to Bethlehem, trying to find a place to stay and, and be told that there's no room. And everybody's there. Because they're being taxed by the government. So Joseph had to help Mary find some place to give birth for their son. And it tells us that she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Now a manger is a feeding trough. We, we assume this was a place where the, the stable was and the cattle were kept. We don't know because it never tells us that he was actually born in a stable. It doesn't actually say that, but it tells us that he was born and laid in a manger. But this word manger that's used here refers to a manger that's carved out of stone. So probably not something they drug into the house. It's a giant stone manger and it was a, it was a watering trough for their animals. And there were some ancient stables in Bethlehem. They still, they're still there today because they're caves carved out of the side of the rock. And there's still some of these feeding troughs still there. Those mangers still there that are inside of these caves carved out of the rock. So she wraps him in scraps of cloth, is what this word swaddling clothes means. Just scraps, rags of cloth. It was the cheapest cloth you could get. In fact, it was what was used when you would bury somebody. When somebody died, you'd wrap them in this, these, this is grave clothes, kind of like a mummy. So she wraps him in grave clothes, very inexpensive. And this means that Mary didn't have a midwife or a physician attending her birth because she wrapped the baby herself. This would have been their job. What's fascinating to me as we think about this, Mary there in, the, in this cave, presumably, the public stable, putting her baby on a stone feeding trough, 
wrapping him in grave clothes. Jesus wouldn't experience anything like this until his death. When instead of being wrapped in cheap grave clothes, he's actually wrapped in fine linen. Instead of a cave for animals, he's actually, he's actually put into a cave that was carved out, a very expensive tomb. He's born in humility, but buried with the rich. In fact, it tells us in Isaiah 53 verse 9 that they made his grave with the wicked, which means that they would have had a place carved out for him in the valley of Hinnom where they would have thrown his dead body and burned him with the rest of the criminals. But with the rich is death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. In fact, Joseph of Arimathea, we know the story, went and asked Pilate if he could have his body. Joseph of Arimathea was a rich man, wealthy man, third richest in Jerusalem. Asked for Jesus' body, and him and Nicodemus wrapped him in fine linen and a hundred pounds of aloe and, and packed his body and wrapped his body and then placed him in Joseph of Arimathea's own family tomb, fulfilling prophecy, fulfilling Isaiah 53, verse 9. I can imagine Joseph and Mary in the midst of this difficult time asking, where's God in all of this? I mean, they'd seen angels and they'd seen, you know, they'd seen the angel and they'd, they'd had visions and, and, and Mary even went to Elizabeth and Elizabeth said some pretty amazing things. And then Mary herself was compelled to say a bunch of amazing things concerning this birth. But now it seems like everything's gone wrong. It's like God has blocked them and, and everything's gone wrong. And I, I wonder if they wondered, did we do something to offend God? Did we take a wrong turn? Did we do something we weren't supposed to do? second-guessing themselves as they find themselves kicked out in the middle of the most humiliating circumstances and having their baby and laying your baby in a feeding trough that animals drink from. I mean, think how unsanitary that would feel. And as a mom, how insecure you would be to, to lay your baby in that place. Only second to the ground where the animals have been using, using it as a restroom. And yet even though they probably felt in that moment that God wasn't there. This perfect gift that they'd been given was actually Emmanuel, God with us at that moment. I think we have those times when we feel like everything's falling apart. Like God's abandoned us. Like everything seems to be going sideways and nothing seems to be coming together. And we contrast that, I think, sometimes with those moments when God provides. Have you guys, how many of you guys have seen God do a miracle and provide in your life? Just raise your hand. Hey, that's almost everybody. Okay. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.